0: Does anyone need prayer tonight for your body? Sister Renee, God bless you. It's great to see you. I wanted to give you two incredible reports. Can I do that? These are things that you have prayed about. Number one, I didn't find out until after. Service was well over on Sunday, but Brother Green came up and told me that, you know, we've been praying for his daughter who has that tumor in her brain that is Causing real problems, and uh, they they went and and took tests again before, I believe, doing doing the surgery, and they couldn't find a tumor. Praise God, he he was so thankful. And then I I just want to share this with you, if you don't mind. I I um. Don't mean to drag you all through all of our fears and worries, but I, you know, we've been trying to get our grandson in our life again after all the things that are going on. And uh, Monday, the judge on his own accord, no petitioning of the attorneys, said that from this point forward, Drew now gets four hours with Knox one week, eight hours the next, and they'll go back and forth. And um, not only that, but no longer is Mama going to be there harassing him all the time. But now, a hey, Joel, our son, can be the uh, mediator, you know, because Drew still has got to finish the courts of proving that he's innocent and all this. But, but nonetheless, the, the judge did that. And that lets me know, I just feel like that's a, a direction that, Number one, they don't think he's a dangerous person, and and uh, they see that he's you know paying his child support. He's he's trying to be upright and everything, and and I just feel like the the um, uh, good things are ahead for him. So I just rejoice because now that means that maybe we'll get to see him too. <laughs> I'm gonna to remind my son to share. <clears throat> Amen, and so we are. Very excited about those two things. Well, Brother Short, come and lead us in worship tonight. Thank you, musicians, singers, for all that you all do. All, each and every one of you, for making this so good. Wasn't that good music we had on Sunday? Amen. Every chorus, every song we sang, I was thankful for the special, thankful for all that the Lord is doing.
1: Praise the Lord. Yes, God is good. God is good. Serve a good God. We're His children. He protects us, keeps us. He's our refuge. And uh, well, I enjoy living for God and have the Holy Ghost excited about the things He's doing in this church. Revival. We're at the. We're at the. I can't pronounce words. Is it the precipice of revival? Yes. I truly believe that, and uh, I can feel it. I can feel it. Something inside of you starts changing. You start looking at people different, and uh, uh, you know my wife's ha- my wife's told that story before where she was just got the Holy Ghost and had a flat driving to church by herself and in the out there on the highway going into Tulsa or whatever, and that deer hunter came out of the woods, you know, and changed her tire, helped her change her tire. And uh, today I was thinking about that story, and uh, it's the opposite almost you can look at it in the opposite way I guess because she can say God providence however you want to put it you know sends a guy out of the woods to help her change her tire but God sent a person who's fresh in the Holy Ghost to interact with somebody that needs the Holy Ghost you need your tire changed well this guy needs a witness and we don't know where that guy is so we don't know what But if you look at it in that way, I believe that's how revival starts rolling around. Because now you're looking at your flat tire as not a headache, but as an opportunity to witness to somebody. And she did. She's like, boy, I'm going to church. So uh, that's how you got to look at it now. And you got to look at everything as an opportunity to uh, build this kingdom. So I'm excited about it. We're going to worship tonight. Y'all want to stand. We're going to give God some thanks again, Brother, I just going to get the offering and he deserves all of our worship and praise. He's a good God. He's the creator of all things, cares about us deeply, cares about our everyday functions and that's something to be excited about and let all your cares and worries go tonight and let God, let God have his way with you tonight and he's a good God. Praise the Lord, we love you Jesus, thank you God. Thank you for your goodness, God. Bless this offering, Lord Jesus, tonight. Thank you for all your goodness, God, tonight. We love you, Jesus. You're a good God. Thanks for caring about me, God. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless this service, God. Have your way, Lord, tonight. Looking forward to Sunday and our in-house evangelist, yes. Brother Stevens, expecting somebody to get the Holy Ghost this Sunday, yes, sir. and uh, yes, let's be looking forward to that, yes, pray and fast, somebody get the Holy Ghost this Sunday, somebody somebody needs it, and they can get it this Sunday, so we expect that to happen, and give God the Amen. glory for it, praise the Thank Lord, you. Brother God bless you.
0: Turning your attention tonight to the book of John, chapter 13. For the buck, God bless you. Always oh, great to see my friend, a man of God. John 13, just reading verse 33 and 34. We should have it here on the screen. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Seems like there's two sides to our walk with God today. There's a side where we need to receive. Stacy, God bless you. Great to see you the side that we need to receive from the Lord. We seek him. We hunger for God like we talked Sunday morning. But then there's this side where something is supposed to be transforming our lives and we become like him. Amen. And um, saints of God should be ministers. Why? Because Jesus was a minister. Amen. It doesn't matter your personality makeup. Does't matter how backward you are, doesn't matter how you know knowledgeable or talented you are. those are all might be a blessing. they might get in your way, but God knows how to help us through everything. Amen. Uh, and then jumping down to First John two and 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which she had from the beginning, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. And then First John 3 and 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that ye should love one another. Such a common thought that we're supposed to love people. But I hope to just take a few moments tonight and kind of uh, sharpen your... Uh, your saw blade tonight—I don't know—that's that, a—that's that, not a very good buck line. I'm gonna to have to improve on it. <clears throat> He's got the right sayings. Now I want you to be seated, and I want to—I want to read these three sets of verses now from just a Message Bible. Just I—I I have a book with 26 translations, each verse line by line, all the variables of the different translations, and so I sometimes will pull up different things that are said because I'm trying to bring out a thought, and I I want to share that with you. So um, jumping now to John 13, 33 and 34, just listen while I read this. Children, I'm with you only for a short time, longer. You're going to look high and low for me, but just as I told the Jews, I'm telling you, where I go, you are not able to come. Let me give you a new commandment. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. And then the first John two and seven. My dear friends, I'm not writing anything new here. This is the oldest commandment in the book, and you've known and you've known it from day one. It's always been implicit in the message you've heard. And then first John three and eleven. For this is the original message we heard. We should love each other. Kind of like that translation just for this particular. So the obvious is, first off, the love is not a new commandment. I could take you into the Old Testament and show you that it was a commandment unto Israel. And, of course, uh, John is referring to the, to the Old Commandments even as he speaks here in the New Testament. But loving like Jesus loved is new. It's something the Jews did not understand. They could not do. It was a whole new expression. It was a whole new revelation of love. And I want to talk to you about that new revelation of love because a lot of people say they love things. My goodness, I love ice cream. My grandma always used to tell me, you can't love anything that doesn't love you back. (laughs) Right? Sorry, grandma, I didn't mean to be disrespectful when I just said it like that. But she's right. When we are talking about love here, we're talking about something that is giving of ourselves to other human beings. Love that has no... Um, estimation or evaluation system of if Brother Stevens deserves it or not. I am called to love him like Jesus loved him. And so we need to de- kind of define that tonight. What does that mean? Uh, how how is that different from what the Jews understood? And that's what we're kind of looking at tonight. This new love. This understanding of this love that Jesus spoke of is foundational for this church in Chelsea, for every church, really, around the world, for every generation. If, if we could understand what this love of Jesus is, it will empower you, enable you to not choose favorites, not take sides, not, uh, you know, do things based on what's going to better you, not who you think would be a good fit for our church. We don't care about that. that We we must not allow ourselves to think that way because that's not how Jesus thought. He wants us to be changed. He wants you and me to be changed into the disciple that loves like he loves. And I guarantee you today, what I hope to prove to you tonight is it's not a set of principles that I can put on the line. Number one, Be nice to your neighbors. Number two, treat your boss with respect. No, 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 no. We're not talking about principles of how to be nice, how to love people. We're talking about what did Jesus mean? Here he's saying, I'm leaving you shortly. Right? Tell me, Brother Hayworth's last parting words weren't important. Whether you were there or not, you and I can agree on anybody you know. They had parting words that said, It might be the last thing I do of squeezing in my wife's hand and say, I love you. But well, those are powerful words because they're my last words. So Jesus is on his way out. He knows he's fixing to leave. And so, what, what's the most important thing, Lord? What do you want to give the disciples? That's gonna sustain them and give them direction
2: and, and, and
0: allow everything to unfold like you want it to. I'm writing to you a commandment that is not a new commandment, but it's a commandment that must be identified and expressed with a new thought process, a new way of establishing assessments and value. Many people today, now I'm going to say this negatively, and then this is the last, hopefully, thing I'll say negative tonight, but there are many today who claim to be Christians who may be able to tell me about their born-again experience, but there's no change in the way they love. I love anyone who talks nice to me. (laughs) I love anyone who wants to give me a raise or put money in my pocket. (laughs) You know, we know how the world is. Every reaction towards others has to go through this filter system of how did Jesus love them? Therefore, how must I also love them? Now, this is not easy for any of us, because all of us have got our good days and bad days. Our sister O'Neill was wearing a cap that said, bad hair day. (laughs) I thought, yep. What did Jesus say? By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. It is the proof of the pudding. It is truly an important topic tonight. It's just sometimes hard to nail down. It's the decisive evidence of being a Christian. It's something that everyone around you has the right to judge. Ooh. It's something that everyone around you has the right to measure your Christianity by this one feature in your life. That all people may see it and know it. How many of them? All of them. My goodness, even my dog knows when I'm having a good day. (laughs) Well, I should say more than he knows when I'm having a bad day. (laughs) Boy, that said I was so mad I kicked my wife and kissed my dog. (laughs) Sorry, enough of my stupid jokes. It's gonna be the thing, everyone say the thing by which you shall know and be known among all men. You're not gonna be known by all men by your special habits. You're not gonna be known by your rites of passage. My daddy took me on this floating trip and I took my boys, commendable. But that's not how right now today we're measuring you. (laughs) Listen, it's not by any form of dress that's not our in to touch our world however you dress the Bible simply says that we should dress for success and your success should be that you want to live for and please the Lord that's all I'm going to say for there, for now it's not by any unusual customs the Rechabites in in Jeremiah were known because they they honored their great-great grandfather who said don't eat of any wine of grapes don't drink any wine no vinegar not vinegar and, and don't touch um, anything that's dead I think it was the other part of that but here's what the Bible does say that there's got to be A deep, genuine affection that we can look at people and look beyond the scope of their need, beyond what they can do for me, beyond if I think they're a hassle or not, beyond my schedule and my timing. Even the pagans in Paul's day it's stated in history that they said see how they love one another. The pagans. Those who were worshiping at false idols. And they went on to define that. See how they are ready to lay down their lives for each other. There's something about the scope of seeing this church each of us individually and yet collectively, this is what God wants to do and work in this city. I'm not saying any disrespect to anyone else. I'm not I'm not lifting us up to say we're better, we're not better. But but you have to come to the place where you're able to say that that this devotion, this commitment to loving people, not things, people like the Lord loved is going to allow us to be able to be a church that's going to become dynamic, not based on our programs, not based on how many packages of goodwill we can hand out, but it's going to be by this commitment to each other and this commitment that we have for empathy and and concern for others. There is a great need today of deep, genuine, felt love. The apostle Paul said that we were to look upon the things of others even more than than upon ourselves. In other words, uh, that that's not a quote. That's me um, messing up the scripture. <laughs> but but the point is clear. He said, "I'm to." Lift up and take care of Sister Renee. And, and far be it that my possessions are more important than her. To love according to the word of God is the absence of myself. And it is the incorporation of of the purpose and will of God. Now, now we're getting to the good part here. We must not build on rank, on position or title. We know that, and yet we have to be careful because we're living in a world that's full of that. Christian will love people. If you're here, to maintain our organization. Thank you, but we're shooting a little low on that. We're not here to say the United Pentecostal Church, our organiz- organizational name, is better than any other church. That would be foolish. We better have something to show for it. We better have a mindset that says we are strong together. This thing is valuable in the mansion or in the cottage. I was touched with Brother Stephen just today He talked about uh, Brother Hayworth was, was, in his early life, lived in a tar paper house. No indoor plumbing, no floor. But, but the Lord blessed him throughout his life. Helped him. How many children? Six? Six children. That cost something to do to raise them. It didn't matter if it was the Solomon's porch or if it was the orchard with Amos, the farmer. It didn't matter if it was Isaiah in the courts of the Lord. I saw the Lord high and lifted up his train, filled all the temple. Or was Nehemiah in a pagan world with his knees knocking? Oh, King, my heart is vexed for my people, for the city of my heritage. You see, we can build our lives on topical things and programs and and to get involved with different things, and that's good. But always understand today, where we shine is when we are helping people. Especially, the Bible says, the household of faith. Now, that's not saying that people beyond these four walls are important. They're very important. But God wants us to see something the way Jesus saw that. whenever we find a man who bears that Christian uh, obedience to the word of God, of repentance of baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost, there we look for something in his life. There we look for the manifestation of the Spirit of God. It's not a habit today. It's not a principle, though both of those help us in our daily walk. But we are all about people. Amen. How do you see Jesus tonight? will either change or create a dilemma for your Christian walk. How you see Jesus tonight will be how you see others. Is he just a man walking the shores of Galilee? Or is he the eternal one, the spirit who fills us today? You see, we are changed by the way that we behold him. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3.18 tonight. What a powerful verse. Now think about this in light of God wanting to change you, how does he do it? But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus had a dilemma while he was on the face of the earth. How was he going to take disciples who had walked with him for three, three and a half years now, who saw him uh, spit in mud and apply it to eyes, who saw him raise the dead in a funeral parlor uh, procession, saw him call out, Lazarus, come forth, saw him turn the water into wine, and they walked with him, and they heard him speak of, uh, of the kingdom of heaven, and, they, and, and they, 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 were, they must have been proud as peacocks to be able to be with him. But the problem was is they only beheld him as a natural man. They couldn't ever see him in the aspect of what would change them was his spirit. Here's what the Lord said to Caiaphas in Matthew 26, 64. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Jesus changed that leader who said, They call you the king of the Jews. And Jesus said, some people call me that. But you are fixing to have a revelation. <laughs> You're fixing to see me in a different light. Somewheres, uh, when they were at that tomb site, uh, and those ladies were there ready to, to anoint his body, and they went, and, and, and the stone had been rolled away, and, and they went in, and there were the angels there telling them and bidding them to come in and see Come and see. Go and tell. And they left with wonder, the two on the road of Emmaus. How is it? Why, our hearts burn within us. Why didn't we know who he was? Because he was changing from people knowing him as the one who walked the shores of Galilee to become the one who was all in all. Amen. Amen. After the crucifixion, he was no longer the lamb slain. But now he took on the position of a lion of the tribe of Judah that would forever reign, in other words. That was the the statement of that, that Judah would always have a scepter and a throne. uh, uh, Paul and, and Mars Hill says this in Acts 17, 25. neither is worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he give it to all life and breath and all things. Jesus had to transfer and, and transform their thinking to no longer to see him as a man walking on the shores of Galilee when they become so they could become so disappointed John, when they saw him crucified and they saw the kangaroo court and they saw him tried six times from evening to morning the people that only wanted to take his life. And those disciples fleed. They ran for their lives. Sheep without a shepherd, the Bible called them. Everyone went their own direction. You see, somehow, we have to come to the realization that everything is possible for you to love other people and love them like Jesus loved them when you know who he is. When you no longer are just waiting for the Lord to heal a cancer, though I believe he does, we ask for the green, but, but even more than that, we want to know the Lord of glory that can put something in us and transform our lives. after the resurrection, even the disciples had a hard time recognizing him. They were still dependent on his physical appearance. That's why they lost him when he walked through the wall. (laughs) They didn't comprehend the transition from the physical that now he wanted to be known and now to realize his potency, his, his power that he is all in all, by the fact that he was a spirit, and that spirit would dwell in us. They still remembered what they had seen, and they were opposed to learning anything new, until finally, when they received the Holy Ghost, then Peter could stand up and say, this is that. What we need tonight is to look into the face of the Lord from glory to glory. That's talking about from, from a move, a sovereign move of God to a sovereign move of God in our lives. The glory of God is revealed. God receives glory through his church. We're important tonight, even though we're still sinful, even though we're still human. Why? Because something is transformed into us. Not only did we receive His Spirit, but He is shaping us and making us to be people that can love. Now, I want you to read John 16 and 7 now and see if this makes a little bit more sense to you. Jesus speaking here said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, if I depart, flesh is saying that, the man, I will send him unto you. Now, I've always taken that, that, He had to die in order that we might be and be raised again by the spirit of our God. And and so we also could have that uh, newness of life by him filling us with the spirit. But Jesus, are you reading here? Jesus said, it's important that I get out of the picture here because you're looking for the wrong things. You're waiting for me to go to another wedding. see, the human tendency tonight is to know him after the flesh. It's easy for me to, to imagine all the Gospels as Jesus went and met with those people, the incidents that took place. But tonight I need to mature and go farther in God and begin to explore the dynamics of what he gave me the spirit for that I could have this transition, this change in my life. It wouldn't be by my power, by my habits, by my disciplines. It would be by his love in my life and what I would be able to portray and give and share with others. If I'm responsible to someone else, I'm a lot more likely to follow through on my commitments. Would you agree with that? Yeah. If I just right now have the option, do I want to go or do I not? I don't know. I sure would like to just take it easy. Debating about this prayer someone on Saturday in my own carnal heart right now. It'd be an easier just to stay at home and take it easy. Wouldn't have to spend all that money. But somehow I've got to look beyond that and say, what would be best for the kingdom? And not just me in my easy chair. I want to bring you around to closing night with this thought. Think about the Mount of Transfiguration. You see Moses and Elijah there with Jesus, right? And Peter, James, and John are there, and they are, you know, in this humble, submissive form of bowing. And Peter gets up and says, Man, I think we ought to go and start working at building you three physical temples. Peter, what are thinking? Physically. (laughs) And thankfully, there was a voice that came amongst them that said, this is my son. Hear him. Something, Lord, move us to the spiritual. I received the Holy Ghost a lot of years ago. But I'm still learning how to let go of the flesh And to rely more and more on the spirit. Talking about recognizing Jesus tonight in your life. Where does the Lord want to work in your life? How does he want to change you from glory to glory? That's not talking about heaven. That's talking about now. Moses, we see the law. Elijah, we see the miraculous. Jesus, we see the revealed truth. And after Peter's offered these things he wanted to build with his hands but the Lord wanted to give him spiritual keys. And when it was all over they lifted up their eyes and all they saw was Jesus. This ought to be our example tonight to point you at We draw closer and closer to the Lord, the greater and stronger we will become. I don't know what tomorrow holds for any one of us. We may be just around the corner from tragedy. We may be around the corner to elation and victory. Who knows?
3: Bye.